All right, all right. Welcome back to Chew the Bible. We are now in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And heading for this is Paul's use of liberty. Reading on the Amplified version. My new favorite version of the Bible. I am not free. And for those of y'all that might, there's people out there be kind of legalistic about yeah, type translations of the Bible, versions of the Bible. Yeah, you got to use the King James version, the King James only. Um, I'll let y'all go do your research on that. Uh, even I've even heard that come up in a debate between a Christian and a Muslim. And he was like, well, y'all have all these different versions of the Bible and we just have the Quran. That's it. Anyway, the beauty of of the Christian Bible is like in the versions it's at least in my opinion it's they each it's easier to read <laughs> it's the simplest way I can say it because you have the Dead Sea Scrolls and the original manuscripts of the Bible that were compiled by um I, like a bunch of I can't remember who the little the group the there was like a whole um council that compiled what became known as the King James Version James Version and they're the ones that agreed on the original 66 books. And then since then, there's been multiple translations of it and versions uh, where you'll read a certain word and there are certain words like in Greek and Hebrew where the translation doesn't like go perfectly. Uh, you'll learn this. Yeah, anyone, who's just, anyone that's ever studied a language like Spanish, Portuguese, when you try to go from English to Spanish or Spanish to English, Spanish to Portuguese, there's similar words, but then there's certain words like, especially phrases. I, I do have like this kind of lady friend that lives in uh, Brazil, but I barely talk to her. We just kind of talk randomly uh, on WhatsApp or whatever. I'll check in with her every once in a while. But um, yeah, like that's super platonic. But like, yeah, she, like she has, um, I was going to say, like there's like little phrases or whatever. Sometimes I look at her little story she has on WhatsApp and a little phrase that they use and I'll ask her about it. And she's like, oh, that's a saying that we use here in, in Brazil. And like, and I'll go to look up the translation of it in English. I'll type in the, I'll type in the exact phrase and it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but to them, I'm sure it makes a whole lot of sense. Kind of like when we say it's raining like cats and dogs. I'm sure they look at us like we're crazy or some other phrase. Anyway, that's why it's good to have multiple versions of the Bible translations because it helps. It's, a lot of times for me, it's just easier to read. That's why I like the Amplified version. And it expounds on the words to give it more context. And it helps me get better understanding without even having to read a bunch of commentary. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what he's saying. All right, here we go. Just wanted to give that little disclaimer for those that have not been listening to this podcast regularly. Every once in a while, I'll give that kind of disclaimer. Uh, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar. I don't claim to be a pastor, any of that stuff. So anything I say that sounds off, uh, you don't feel like it's right in your spirit, just go checking on your own. Go like my main goal in this podcast is to encourage you to read the Bible more 
and encourage you actually go start your own podcast because there's something about hearing yourself talk through the Bible, like going through the process of talking through the Bible and then listening to it later. Pretty soon, my next project I'll be working on is called Bible Bites. And uh, hopefully nobody goes and bites it. But even if they do, go right ahead. Just don't come suing me if you go get the trademark first. But uh, yeah, I want to do these audio recordings where I'm just like taking, I'm going to go chapter by chapter throughout the Bible and just pull out the words. It's basically going to be like these reflective poems on what I just read. And it's going to pull out the words that stand out to me and just kind of like my and almost, yeah, just write on poem about every scripture. Almost like these reflective poems. And the goal is to kind of help people eventually um, memorize the Bible. At least it's going to help me memorize the Bible. The words that, the words and the names that stand out to me most. All right, here we are. Um, Paul's use of liberty. Am I not free, unrestrained, and exempt from any obligation? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our risen Lord, in person? Are you not the result and proof of work of my work in the Lord? If I am not considered an apostle to others, at least I am one to you. For you are the seal and the certificate and the living evidence of my apostleship in the Lord, confirming and authenticating it. Verse three, this is my defense to those who would put me on trial and interrogate me concerning my authority as an apostle. Have we not the right to our food and drink at the expense of the churches? Have we not the right to take along with us a believing wife as do the rest of the apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas, Peter? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to stop doing manual labor in order to support our ministry? Verse 7, consider this, who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit? Or tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? I do, do I say these things only from a man's perspective? Does the law not endorse the same principles? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain to keep it from eating the grain. Is it only for oxen that God cares? (laughs) Interesting. Or does he speak entirely for our sake? Yes, it was written for our sake. The plowman ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the harvest. If we have sown the good seed of spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? I hear it. I hear an offering sermon coming on. If others share in this rightful claim over you, do not we even more? However, we did not exercise this right, but we put up with everything so that we will not hinder the spread of the good news of Christ. Do you not know that those who officiate in the sacred services of the temple eat from the temple offerings of meat and bread, and those who regularly attend the altar have their share from the offerings brought to the altar? Verse 14, so also on the same principle, the Lord directed those who preach the gospel to get their living from the gospel. But I have used none of these privileges, nor am I writing this to suggest that any such provision be made for me, 
nay for me now. So why are you bringing this up, Paul? For it, <laughs> for it would be better for me to die than to have anyone deprive me of my boast in this matter of financial support. A little note here says, Paul was not bragging but rejoicing because he could support himself as a tradesman while he ministered. So yeah, Paul, yeah, he had a job. Yeah, he was making tents, making money. He made his own money. He's like, I don't even need y'all money. All right, verse 16. For if I merely preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast about, for I am compelled that is absolutely obligated to do it. Woe to me if I do not preach the good news of salvation. For if I do this work of my own free will, then I have a reward. But if I, But if it is not of my will... But by God's choosing, I have been entrusted with a sacred stewardship. Verse 18, what then is my reward? Just this, that when I preach the gospel, I may offer the gospel without charge to everyone so as not to take advantage of my rights as a preacher and apostle in preaching the gospel. He's saying, I have the right to take money from y'all, but I'm not. So why are you bringing it up in the first place, Paul? That's my question. Is this for future pastors so they can have a they can share the right and why they should get a salary? Uh, I wrestle with these this scripture right here. Like, why does he even bring it up? I'm sure there's some good commentaries about this. Go look them up on your own. Let's keep going. Verse 19. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to everyone so that I may win more for Christ. Hmm. To the Jews, I became as a Jew so that I might win Jews for Christ. To men under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law myself, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those, he's basically saying, I'm a chameleon. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon. To those who are without outside, without outside the law, I became as one without the law, though I am not without the law of God but under the law of Christ so that I might win those who are without law to the weak. I became as the weak to the, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men. I become all things to all men so that I may by all means in any, in every way, save some by leading them to faith in Jesus Christ. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessing along with you. Verse 24, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. See, now this prize Paul is talking about, Paul must have had a little insight from God on like, These like I don't know. Paul must have had a little glimpse of something. I don't know, cause sometimes I'm thinking about these. Like when he talks about this prize, he never gets specific. Like okay, Jesus already is a prize in, alone, right? Just I guess what he's saying, like there's something about. All right, so imagine if you all right, there all right, they pro they all right, there's there has to be some heavenly rewards, right? For following and ha closely having a relationship with Jesus Christ. There has to be some heavenly rewards we don't know about, whether that's like 
I don't know, here in the United States, in the world, we have money, right? So I imagine there's no money in heaven, no actual currency. Why would we need money? There, the Bible does talk about mansions, and my father's house has many mansions. So I imagine, well, who knows, maybe one of our rewards in heaven is a big fat house. Uh, maybe that favorite car that you always wanted, but that really shouldn't be our focus, right? That's all kind of like icing on the cake. There's a reward that comes from, like, I remember when I ran cross country and, oh man, it was such a good feeling when this race, the season was over. But like when you made it to the end of a race, right? And you know, especially when you knew you gave it your best and you were eager to like, look at your time, like how well you did. And, but there was just some like, there was like a reward that came from this, like the satisfaction of knowing you gave it your all and you had trained for that race. I'm guessing like when he talks about a reward and prize, that's the kind of prize he's talking about. Like the fact a, a job well done, a race well done, the satisfaction from following Christ closely. And then like all the, there's a lot of cool things while you're running too. Like where you're running, um, there's family members cheering you on, friends, yeah, coaches cheering you on along the way. And there's there's a reward in that, you know, there's rewards during the race and there's rewards at the end of the race. And then there's like actual medals and you might get to go. Sometimes I wonder, like, what what are these prizes he's talking about? I don't know. They never get specific about these prizes. It just I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something when I read this. Maybe there's go read some commentaries about these. Yeah. There's this thing called the Bama Seat of Christ where there's going to be this outside of the judgment seat. It's like a different judgment where we're like, uh, we're rewarded for our, yeah, how we ran our race. Uh, all right. Verse 25. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown. So there, that's a that's kind of a specific crown, but like, I don't know. It's hard to grasp, <laughs> as especially as a United States citizen. Like we're big on like giving people trophies and giving people money and giving them houses and like like status, boats, vacation homes, being able to travel. There's all these things that we consider more of like, like if you were to define what a reward would look like here on Earth to us. I imagine the rewards are completely different. Like no here humans here on earth, like we don't we wouldn't be satisfied with just like a little wreath on our head after a, it's funny, yeah, because that's all they used to get in the Olympics back in the day. Now people get like gold medals made of actual gold and if you win the NBA championship you get a ring and you also get to yeah, they have like a big old trophy the team gets and they have MVP awards and all these accolades and people that want to be are striving on to be called the goat, the greatest of all time. Anyway, verse 26, therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. But like a boxer, strictly discipline my I'd strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, 
I myself will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. Why would he say that? Disqualified, unfit for service. So is there something about eternity in heaven to where people, Christians, can be disqualified or considered unfit for service in eternity? Like, I don't, this is where commentary would kind of come in handy. Um, some Something I'm going to read. There's a lot of stuff that I just don't get. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, should I like take the time to, like there's certain things in the Bible when I read it, it's like, how much does God really, like if I were to focus on things like this, like, oh, like what kind of rewards await me in heaven? Like, or am I going to be disqualified or considered unfit for eternal service? Like, am I not being, like, it puts me in a striving mode into like, am I not being a good enough Christian or has God passed me by because of my sins and mistakes I've made? Like, I feel like if I focus too much on that kind of stuff and read too much commentary about it, then it's not really beneficial to me. Um, yeah, it will kind of like, in a way, it kind of slowed me down. I'd rather just be like, all right, God, if this is something important for me to understand or grasp, then make it clear to me. I honestly think he cares more about the other stuff. Like, like in my personal opinion, like, am I loving people? Am I being kind to people? Am I, yeah, being the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere I go? Um, am I fleeing from fornication? Am I, um, anyway, like, yeah. Anyway, Heavenly Father, when I read stuff like this, Lord, sometimes it's a, it's a lot for me to take in and sometimes it causes me to, yeah, wonder, like, am I disqualified for service, Lord? If I, um, if I not been a good enough Christian, Lord, um, in the work, in my works for you, Lord, or my times I've been disobedient, I just cast all those cares to you right now, Lord. Anybody else that might go into that striving mode or start grading themselves, and um, feeling unfit for service. So I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Um, Lord, just empower us to do everything that you've called us to do according to your will. Continue to order our steps, lead us, guide us, strengthen us, and help us, yeah, Lord, to run our race, each one of us to run our races to the best of our abilities, Lord, and to really... To just realize, too, that not all of us are Paul. Lord, I know sometimes I got to remind myself, like, I'm not Paul, Lord. If I was supposed to be just like Paul, you would have made me like Paul. I'm Aaron J. Yancey, Lord. There's only, I'm one of one. So help me to run the race that you called me to. And to um, know at the end of the day, Lord, that you, Jesus, you ran the only perfect race, Lord. And you passed the test that I couldn't pass. And um, and it's you, Lord, working inside of me, the Holy Spirit that empowers me 
to do any Christian service, to be considered even qualified. I'm qualified because of you, Lord. Just like <laughs> when I played ball, basketball, crossroads, and we had a no-cut policy. I'll, yeah, I'm qualified to be on the team, Lord, because of you, Jesus. You, you handpicked me to be on your team, Lord. And to not always ride the bench all the time, but actually get some get some clock. <laughs> so, Lord, yeah, when I get in there and get some clock, Lord, help me to play to the best of my ability. And um, just thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord. I can't thank you enough for it. In Jesus' mighty precious name, I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.